following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. In the world today, for cloud computing, we're told, computing is something which you can turn on and turn off, like the power in your home or in your office. On Slash Cloud Today... I ask, is cloud really a utility, or are we just being sold something else? Slash cloud. Welcome to the Slash Cloud Podcast, brought to you in association with cloudedissues.com. The goal of this show, it's really simple. For me, your host, Ian Bergen, to help you flatten the learning curve and be your anchor so the cloud doesn't carry away the focus from your business and what you want to achieve. And on this podcast, I'm bringing my seven years of experience in cloud services to help you see through sales speak, clear away the mists of marketing, and in an agenda-free manner to help you break down the reality of what cloud can do and mean to your business in an easy-to-understand way. One of the most common um, things that I, I hear salespeople tell prospective cloud customers is that cloud is a utility. You only pay for what you need. You can just consume it as you need it. You know, pay as you go is the model which is very often touted and sold for cloud services. And, you know, in one respect, that might be true. But what does that actually mean? When someone says cloud is a utility, the first... Uh, comparison that tends to get drawn is electricity. Compute and cloud services are are in the same vein as being able to use electricity. And that is the model which you were kind of drawn into and the model that you're sold. And you know what what sort of brought this up and brought this to a head for discussion for this week's show uh, was an article that was reading by J. Peter uh, Bruzzesi, who did an article for InfoWorld. And one of the books that he actually referenced in there was uh, The Big Switch, Rewiring the World from Edison to Google. And it's basically uh, sort of the Bible, as you will, for cloud computing and how you sell it and the way cloud is actually going to turn us all into you uh, utilitarian compute users. And here's the problem with this. We're still not able to attain true, always available, always on architecture. Even broadband connectivity, one of the most vital things to allow you to be able to actually use your cloud. It would be a bit the equivalent of saying that every plug in your home is is unreliable. It always there's The wires are never always quite there. And you know, there's different speeds of how the power flows depending on which plug that you use. And my problem with this is, as someone who works in the cloud services space, is that as an analogy and as a comparison, using the utility model and saying that it's the same as electricity is incredibly flawed. And it's incredibly flawed for a number of very, very obvious reasons. Number one, electricity is standardized. What does that mean? Electricity, it doesn't matter whether you're delivering 220 or 110. Electricity is electricity no matter what country you go to what part of the world you go to, electricity is electricity. The whole idea of like the amount of volts that's involved or the amps that's involved. Amps you don't care about. You don't really ever have to care about as a user. Like if you, if I take my laptop abroad to another country and I want to charge it, I just get an adapter and I plug it in and it works. And that's great. Electricity is completely 100% standardized. It is what it is always. And that is, that is a fundamental which cloud is not. 
AWS's services are not the exact same as Microsoft Azure's, nor are Microsoft Azure's and AWS's services the same as Rackspace, nor are they the same as Google services, nor are they the same as your local cloud infrastructure as a service, software as a service, or platform as a service provider in your region if you want to go down to brass tacks. There is always some sort of a technological um, sort of amount you have to scale to go to between the providers, okay? So it, there's nothing standardized. If I go anywhere into Ireland and I take my laptop, my iPad, my iPhone, any electrical device I have, I can plug it into any building I go into as long as there's power available and I don't. there's nothing needed. Absolutely, it's completely standard. It's a three-pin plug. Go to another country. I buy a cheap adapter in the airport. I buy a pair of adapters, three or four adapters in a pack. Maybe it costs me 10 euros. It'll still allow me to use my devices as moving between countries. It's that simple. I go to another country and decide to buy another piece of electrical equipment. Maybe I decide to buy a portable speaker for my iPod. So I can plug it into a really nice Bose speaker, for example. I find it on sale. I'm in Spain and I find it on sale. And I decide, hey, I'm going to buy it here and ship it home. Guess what? The worst I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to change the transformer plug. Essentially, it's all it's the same at that point. All I do is I go buy another power pack, attach it to it. Very, very simple. The other sort of flaw that there is with this model of saying utility computing is the exact same as electricity is that there is actually no hidden charges for when you're going to use electricity. Electricity is a standard fixed rate. Electricity in Ireland, for example, whether I get electricity from board gosh, whether I get electricity from, um, say, electricity, whether I get it from uh, the ESB, doesn't matter who I get it from, right? It's all the same. The only thing I'm actually haggling about at this point is the price in terms of which which one I want to give my business to because who do I think has got the better customer service and at that point really if I'm moving providers it's because I'm annoyed with the the either the price that I have with the current provider or the customer service it has nothing to do with the power supply because the power supply is still under it all is actually provided by ESB networks so there's no the even the the idea of using that analogy for it means that cloud computing is not the same as it. And here's the thing. If I go and I buy a house, and there's multiple plugs in the house, like most houses I think these days come with, I'd say, probably between, take an average two-bedroom house, I would say they come with maybe 10 PowerPoints already installed in the house. And that's being sort of just taking a straw poll finger-in-the-air approach to it, okay? And most of those are double sockets, as it stands as standard, okay? Guess what? For me to actually go and use them, there's no real additional costs in terms of, or hidden costs as associated as to plugging in additional devices into that. If I find that I need to get a an adapter that allows me to connect uh, multiple plugs in, in, I can buy one of those. It's very cheap, and then it's a point of which one do I want to buy? Do I want one with surge protection or not? Okay, so 
There's no hidden costs. It's one fixed price per unit of electricity I get, regardless of what I connect to it. Whether I decide I'm connecting my amp, my guitar to it, whether I decide I'm connecting my laptop to it to charge, whether I decide I'm connecting a lamp that I've bought that I really like to it, guess what? The charge per unit is the exact same, regardless of what I do. There's no additional licensing requirements. There's no, oh, by the way, you also need this. Oh, you need to take another license because you're going to add another plug. It doesn't work like that. And if I do need to connect more devices to it, guess what? I just get more plugs. That's all that's needed. And again, they're cheap. Anything that I need to extend the ability of things that I can actually plug into my house up to a certain point. I mean, let's not forget the limitation in your house. If you wanted to use the electricity uh, thing as a comparison is what your power board in your house actually has a limit in terms of power draw that it's actually able to take. If you push over that, you're going to trip. Uh, you're going to trip some of the fuses, and that's just going to happen. And that's and you're going to actually no longer fuse their switches. Uh, but if you're going to trip them, that's what's going. To, that's what it's going to take to replace it. So you might need a new power board that allows for a greater tolerance of power usage. Okay. The in terms of your cloud, it's not a great sort of example to put it against, even at that point, because for your average user. The amount of power draw that's available to you in your house through your standard power board, it's more than sufficient. It's more than sufficient for families in their houses. And that's the thing. It's a standard presentation. You go into your house and you've actually got, in terms of like a sufficient amount of power available to you, that's what you have as standard. Nothing else. The only obligation you have is to pay price per unit on what your standing charge is. That is not the same in the cloud. If I decide I'm going to go and take a server in Amazon, the first thing I heard I have to overcome with is what size server do I need? I'm not worried about the size of plugs that I need. I'm not worried about any of that in my house and you're talking about utility. And I'm trying to figure out, well, how many cycles am I going to use in my bill um, and figure that part of it out. I don't have, and I'm trying to work out which one is best for what I need. And so, do I need an XL? Do I need an XL Legacy? Uh, do I need an XL New? I shouldn't have to figure that out. Okay, that's that's the other flaw with this sort of utility computing model and this utility computing analogy that happens. The next one, and the next thing that I'm going to bring up, I think is the most important and fundamental reason why I think the argument of saying that it's like a cloud is like a utility in terms of like power is, if I decide to change power company tomorrow, for example, I'm a customer of Borgosh, say for example, for my power, and I decide, hey, I'd actually like to go with electricity instead. Do you want to know what's involved in me changing over? Some some insignificant paperwork to change over, okay. In terms of changing my power provider to another uh, to another company, because guess what, they're not really providing the power. They're only a billing engine. The power underneath is still being provided by one company, SB Networks. I have almost zero work to do other than some administrative form filling. That is not the same moving cloud providers. If I want to put some, put an infrastructure, for example, up into AWS, and I, by the way, when I'm using AWS here as an example, it's because these are guys are sort of the leaders in the utility space in the world, and I think I don't think anyone would really argue with that. And they are the guys who every who basically set the model for this. So I'm not using them to bash them. I'm using them because they are the yardstick to sort of work through this analogy and to explain it a little bit better. If I decide I'm putting my architecture up into AWS tomorrow, I've got a couple of servers up there. I need expertise 
as a consumer of utility computing, because don't forget, I've decided to go up into the cloud. The future is not having IT on-premise and not having an IT team and not having to worry about that because it's all up in the cloud. I need expertise to move that server and those group of servers over into something like, say, Azure, or to move it to Rackspace, or to move it to my local cloud service provider, who they themselves will not have the same level of virtualization, and maybe they will be hesitant about importing images from other uh, virtualization platforms. Maybe they'd like to see me get my services rebuilt in their platform, and then I have to do a software migration. Again, the time taken to do the switch is extremely painful. It can be penal in one respect. The costs can also be penal. And you know what? It can actually lead to a whole lot of hassles, especially if these are business-critical things. And if I decide as a, say I've got a home office and I decide I'm going to change my power providers and I'm working from home, say, three days a week, working in the office two days a week, it's business critical that I'm able to use the power of my home. If I change providers, it's an administrative thing. My power doesn't go off while I'm making this changeover. There is that period that it does happen. And there's nothing about, there's no downtime. So it's not seamless in terms of a changeover as well. And that's the other point where it actually falls over. And the final thing, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, is that if I decide to change providers, okay, it's a price and customer service discussion only. It's not about what kind of plugs I have, how many I have, how many devices I want to attach to it. I don't have to get into discussions about, well, are you going to be using your your plug, you're going to be using your power supply for this, you're going to be using it for this. If it's for a home, it's it's implied. If it's for a business, it's implied what I'm going to be using it for. I don't have to get into having multiple meetings. I, it's, a, it's a very, very simple sales transaction. And it really is a very simple sales transaction at this point. When you put it into comparison of moving your cloud providers. Anyone who's out there who's moved between cloud providers will know that very often... It is a painful, rigorous process. There is an awful lot of planning involved. There is upheaval involved with the best will and best intention in the world. And and I mean, unless you're sort of at, I'd say, Fortune 1000 level, okay, moving cloud providers is painful. Because at that point, they can throw money at the thing to make it as painless as possible. And there's far bigger gains that they're trying to get and they're trying to look at. And there's far bigger sort of strategies at play at that point. If you're an average, small to medium enterprise business, moving cloud providers is painful. You go to your old power, your old uh, provider and you say, hey, can I get a copy of my images? One thing that might happen is they might come to you and go, hey, by the way, you need to pay for that. Because that's not part of your standard service. Your standard service does not contain us being able to give you engineers to go and output your servers into VMDK files and to get all your config files, gather them all up and give them to you. So there might be a cost penalty to that. And there's a time penalty because during that period of time, you may have to lock off access so there's no changes happening. And you're trying to do it within a window so you don't uh, lose any downtime. So again, it's all critical. And what happens if something goes wrong with the data, you're transporting it, then you've got to try and work backwards, reorganize it and all the rest of it. This doesn't happen if I need to change power providers. It's a very much simpler discussion. It's a much simpler process. And here's the ultimate crux of this. When you come down to it and you view it in these terms, cloud as utility, it is none of these. 
as I've laid out in terms of the examples. It's not standardised. It's not easy to move between. It's not easy to be mobile with it. It's not easy to be agile with it. It's not clear in its costs. It's not clear in its delivery. It's not clear in uh, it being uh, an as-is service. Because it just isn't. It's not... It's not universal. And that's the real crux of the problem here. I mean, no matter which way you want to cut it down... And I mean, you can make the arguments of... Well, you know, we are moving towards a world... Where we're shifting out operations and technical support teams... And IT teams internally... To the only teams that we actually need to keep... And about worry about our things is... We're moving to DevOps teams. So we only need to worry about our developers... Keeping our applications alive... And keeping those guys, our infrastructure is going to be looked after by someone else, and that's, and we like that, and we like the utility. The first part of it is maybe true in terms of like handing off those responsibilities to someone else to focus on things which actually are, can well contribute better to the business because sometimes outsourcing is not the right answer. And when you put that next to the utility argument, or the two of them get put together, uh, to me, it's a bit like trying to get two front ends of a car and put them together and hope that the car drives perfectly all the time and drives in a straight line and drives as a regular normal car. It doesn't work in that respect. And the two of them are not arguments that I think are uh, arguments that can be joined at the hip either. And I think the problem is the utility argument is the thing which constantly causes the problem. Its definition is flawed. The analogy itself is grossly flawed. And but my problem with it ultimately is that it's grossly overstated by salespeople in terms of their approach when they're trying to sell platform as a service or they're trying to sell infrastructure as a service or software as a service type solutions to people. The utility model just doesn't match with it. I would love to know what other people's experiences are out there, whether you're someone who sells infrastructure as a service and you're trying to sell on the utility model, or those who have been going out into the market and trying to obtain these cloud services, and they keep coming across the utility thing, and they're trying to work out, hey, does this actually save me money? How does this really contribute to my business in terms of savings to the business? Is this really a utility service? What are your experiences? I'd love to know. Send them in to me, ian.bergen at cloudedissues.com or you can send me a tweet on Twitter at cloudedissues. Once again, apologies to anyone who was looking for the podcast last week and it wasn't up. Uh, that was just for personal reasons, wasn't able to get a podcast done, hence why I'm coming back with it this week. Next week, I will be doing another podcast because that would fall and take it back into its standard two-week cycle so you don't have to wait another two weeks and that show will be back up next Monday. I want to say thank you to everyone who's been downloading the podcast. I am seeing the numbers increase for it and that is incredible. Remember, you can always look up uh, additions of the podcast in the past on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and you can also get it at www.cloudedissues.com.